Hello, I'm Mariette Sleiman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Introducing you to a wide range of wellness professionals ready to inform and inspire. Today's topic is knowing your money archetypes can improve your relationship with money. My guest is Farana Goga, Wealth Matrix Mentor from Johannesburg. Welcome, Farana. Thank you for having me. To our listeners, after our conversation, Farana will give us her three tips on becoming a money magnet. And then it will be fun question time. Farana, you've worked in many fields and you have been trained in many spheres. Tell us more about your career. So when I was a student and in my early part of life, I had two loves. I had a love for research and a love for psychology. So with that, I did two honours degree and I did a master's degree in psychology. I then worked in governments, NGOs, parastatals and the corporate world. So I had quite a range of places that I worked. After that, I decided that working for someone wasn't quite for me. (laughs) So I just set up my own practice and consultancy. And that took me on a journey of really trying to understand what makes people behave the way that they do. Why do we respond the way we do? Why do we uh, react to situations the way we do? What is the drivers that make us who we are And how do we really bring transformation? How do we bring deep personal transformation? Because when we transform ourselves, we then impact the environment around us and the world truly can change. So that journey took me to all kinds of weird and wonderful places and studying all the different things that I've studied in psychology, in metaphysics, such as the study of the soul, in spirituality, in healing, almost in every area in the healing world um, that, that exists. And then I created where I am now, which is the Success Mastery HQ. And HQ stands for Headquarters and Heart Intelligence. Success Mastery Headquarters yeah. and Heart Intelligence. So it's Success Mastery HQ. And what is Heart Intelligence? So Heart Intelligence, our heart actually has a magnetic field that is 1.5 times larger than our brain, which means that whenever we enter a space, we enter with our heart first. So there's a whole bunch of studies around the intelligence of our heart and accessing our heart's intelligence and the brain in our heart and healing around our heart. And when we heal our heart and our brain, and our gut, because all of three of these have brains in them, when we heal them and learn to engage with them, that's where transformation exists. Thank you. It puts it in a completely new light for me, the way you explain about entering with your heart first. Mm -hmm. And of course then that is why your work centers around changing from the inside which then influences the outside instead of the other way around, like I think most of us grew up. Yeah, for me, I think it's about both. I am, I think, 
the people who work with me will say my biggest catchphrases are both and <laughs> and be gentle. So both and is, I think the world is designed often in a way of you do this so you can get that. And for me, it's very one-dimensional. But as human beings and the world is anything but one-dimensional. So it's both and. We have to work with the inner world. We have to work with our thoughts, our feelings, our subconscious. And we have to work with the external world, our actions, our behaviors, our, um, the way we are in the world. We have to do both. Because when we do both, that's how we bring around change. True. Thank you. Where does your current focus lie? You have hinted at it. I have. So I really help, my current focus really is on helping business owners, especially women, but not just women. So business owners and leaders remove emotional barriers to success in life, business, love, and money. And I work online and I run a healing and a coaching business online. Money is a very sensitive topic mm. and many people feel uncomfortable talking about this. Why is this? I think there's a few topics in the world that lots of people feel uncomfortable talking about. Money is certainly one of them. The topics that we feel uncomfortable about are the topics that we judge ourselves, others on, topics that we feel guilt and shame about, um, and there's a taboo, taboo around those topics. So the truth is most people will have some kind of money story or money trauma that makes them feel the guilt and the shame. There's also a sense in the world of how we should do things right, how we should get things perfect. For a large majority, whether you have money or not, that's not the truth. Life is so complex. So when we're trying to live towards an ideal, we start judging ourselves, feeling guilty, all of those, all of those negative emotions in inverted commas. And so what we then do is we retreat, we hide, we don't express things, or we express them in a way that is really unhealthy and unhelpful. And all of this is because we have no understanding real understanding that there are so many different ways of being with money. And there's this ideal, but there's a whole bunch of things that happen inside us when we're looking at money and it gets linked to our self-worth. It gets linked to perceptions of other people, perceptions of ourselves. And all we do is hide. I guess most people would love to enjoy financial freedom. How would you define financial freedom? So I think each, piece, each person will define it differently. Um, you know, when I talk to some of my clients, some clients will say to me, for me, financial freedom is just knowing that I always have everything I need for the next three months. Some people will talk about financial freedom as I just have to know that I have more than I will ever need and ever want. So 
the first thing is to realize what does financial freedom mean to each of the listeners? Like you need to figure that out. For me personally, financial freedom is about choice. It's about having the freedom of choice and the freedom of time. What is an individual's money mindset and then how does it affect their wealth or lack thereof? So mindset is how we think about something, which then leads us to how we feel about it. And then that influences our actions. So a great entry point for me is to understand a scarcity mindset, especially around when we talk about wealth and money versus an abundant mindset. It's not linked to how much money you have in your bank account. It's really linked to a sense of feeling and thinking of when we're in scarcity and have a scarcity mindset, we always feel that there isn't enough. We always feel that we're not enough and that we can't get ourselves to where we want to be. There's always this unobtainable goal that we're trying to get to. When we think from an abundant mindset and have an abundant mindset, that leads to a lot more creativity Because we see, we look at the world with possibility. We feel so safe and secure and whole inside us and that there's enough that we're content with where we are and we can see a possibility for more. Once again, it's the both end. So what then happens is we really embody that sense of wholeness, enoughness, that we are deserving. And so our actions follow through with that. And we can, we take risks, we put ourselves out there, we expand our comfort zone. And really, this isn't about how much money you have in your bank balance. Yeah, I really like that explanation. Thank you. Today, you're going to introduce us to the eight sacred money archetypes. Firstly, what are archetypes or a blueprint in general? So I love the definition um, of archetypes in a blueprint that my mentor, Kendall Summer Hawk, who actually developed the eight sacred money archetypes and her definition of it. The word archetype is, really means a model or a theme. It's something that people across the world would be able to recognize because it shares universal characteristics. It transcends culture. It transcends race. It transcends country because it's, it's universal. It's a pattern, complete stories, beliefs, motivations, fears, courage, strengths, pitfalls. And it really gives you the direction on how we go around making choices. And it allows us to understand the things that are going to sabotage us and to know that we actually hold the things that are going to help us as we go into the world, um, create our life that we want and move forward in our business, our life, our careers. So knowing the sacred money archetype, this is specifically, it says sacred money archetypes, but the truth is the way we are with life is the way we are with money, is the way we are with ourselves. So knowing the sacred money archetypes gives us a tool that allows us to make the big shifts that we need to make 
So if we can move closer towards the financial freedom, whatever that means for us. So for example, in my sacred money archetypes, I'm a nurturer, a romantic, a maverick stroke connector. What this means is, and when I talk about the archetypes just now, what that means is nothing in my archetypes really has any traditional positive ways of dealing with money. So I have held the belief for a very long time that I was just bad with money, that there was something that I just was incapable of getting an understanding about money. Learning my sacred money archetypes completely threw that out the water and the conversations that I would, would be trying to have with financial advisors and planners, which of course made complete sense, to me would just send me into complete overwhelm and just make me feel even worse around how bad I was with money. Understanding my sacred money archetype allowed me to let all of that go and I could A, engage with people that I needed to around, around finances and B, understand the way I wanted to be with money and that it was okay. Now, I'm so curious, what are the eight sacred money archetypes? So, I am going to tell you about each one of them in alphabetical order, just because that's an easier, the easiest way uh, to do that. And just to reiterate, the archetypes is a way that we understand what drives us. It's the way we understand what is underneath our actions, our feelings, our thoughts around money. So we want to get to a place with money that is, money can just be money. It doesn't have to be attached to a need, an internal need, and it doesn't have to be attached to a fear. Money can just be money, like this glass of water on the table is a glass of water on the table. That's where we want to ideally want to get to with, with money. So archetypes, accumulator. So an accumulator, outwardly, it looks as though it's a match made in heaven. You love money. You save money. You're a bit reluctant to spend money. You're often seen as frugal. You rarely cover, carry any debt. And in fact, you look at people who have debt like you just don't understand them. Inwardly, though, it feels as though no matter how much money you have, it doesn't feel enough. And there's often a fear of investing. You have the money, but once the money goes down a little bit in your bank account or you reach a certain level, you get really anxious. So it's very hard to part with money to invest. So you have these self-imposed limits. And you need to learn that it's okay and it's safe to invest and to really hold that in your being. Alchemist. So an alchemist is someone who's attracted to an unconventional ways of making money. You care about social justice and creating a movement rather than making money. You find it easy to empower others to believe in themselves and you really attract money in unusual ways and you truly believe that there's an unfair balance of wealth in the world. So you have this real love 
hate relationship with money. You will never be ruled by money. So what you need to do is you need to transform your ideas because you have lots of ideas. So transform your ideas into wealth that frees you so you can truly make a powerful difference in the world. Celebrity. You value money as a tool to achieve status, image, and recognition. You have no problem spending money to enhance your image. You love to stand out in the crowd and impress people. And what you need to realize that you may be overcompensating for having felt criticized in your younger years. And once you start allowing yourself and others to see your vulnerability, allowing yourself to be loved for who you are and your imperfections, you'll no longer need to use money in this way and you can start putting money in different places that you might need to. The connector. You're truly happy when someone is making financial decisions for you. You wish you didn't have to think about making money. You're more likely motivated to be taken care of financially then driven to create financial independence. So what you need to learn is you need to spend time empowering yourself and taking care of your basic needs first. It's the same thing, you know, put your mask on. If the plane goes, goes down, put your mask on first. That. Maverick, you are attracted to rich opportunities you willing to take financial risks in exchange for potentially big win. So risk-taking comes easy to you. You're courageous when it comes to your money. And balance isn't something that you value. So you often find yourself in highs and lows. And what you need to learn is that the financial stability is key and the foundation that frees you so then you can play with the money. And natural, you appreciate money, yet you feel you need to overgive. So you keep giving and you give more than you might necessarily get in. You're very generous. You're fairly responsible with your personal finance, but somehow you seem to always be around people who need your money. So you real, really struggle and you keep giving them money. So what you need to learn to do is... You need to see other people as powerful, sovereign, capable, so that you can then put boundaries and help them without needing to give them money. Romantic. You buy things to feel gratification and sensory pleasure. You hate being told no. And you feel as though money is there to be enjoyed. Luxury is really important to you and special, and it makes you feel loved and valued. So you need to create a sense of self-worth and wholeness from inside out and find worth and meaning not linked to luxury. And the last one is ruler. You are never satisfied you have made enough, and you keep challenging yourself to reach higher financial goals. Your business dominates most of your time and energy. And you're really scared that you're going to lose control, power, and identity. Fear is your driving force. So you need to shift your drive 
to one for looking for the truest measure of your self-worth, to do things in a way that doesn't lead to burnout, so that you can get in return the freedom that you're looking for. Very interesting and, in fact, quite profound. I think, as you said, it's not only the way you relate to money. It's, it's the way you relate to everything. Yes. How do these archetypes develop? Like most things, some of them we're just born with, right? We just have an innate way that we are in the world. And others, and there's another part that's also developed through our environment growing up. That's both and. How do we discover what our top three money archetypes are? So there's an assessment that you can do. Um, we can share the link. Right. Does that mean people just do it or do they have to connect with you to do it in a session? The assessment is available for free online that you can, you can then do and it will give you your top three archetypes as well as more detail into your top archetype. Your top three archetype together makes your money personality. The flavor is unique to yourself. Um, so the top three is your unique money personality and then the assessment will give you much more detail of your top one. Thank you. How can a person use this knowledge to improve their relationship with money? So once we understand what is underneath what's our driving force in our relationship with money, we can start shifting it. We can stop feeling guilty and ashamed. And once we start, stop feeling guilty and ashamed, we immediately feel free and we feel more empowered and more confident in making choices. So the things that we then do consciously changes. We can also get really practical we can use things like using money dates where we have a date with ourselves, whether that's once a month or once a week, ideally once a week, where you go through your bank statements and you, real, you really get a sense of what money is coming in, where's the money coming in, do I have any money leaks, are there things that I can plug in that are quick wins for me? What are the things that are really important to me that I know I want to, to spend money on? And how am I going to make those happen? We can also look at the deeper issues. So deeper issues, someone asked me the other day, what, is, what do I mean by deeper issues? So for me, blueprints are a beautiful way in that just takes the edge off and allows us to feel safe and secure about who we are and how we are with money. The deeper work is around intergenerational stories. It's around the things that happen to us in our lives, not just as children, but also as adults that impact on our confidence, our self-esteem. Maybe we lost money, maybe we got divorced and, and this can apply to men and women. Maybe we got divorced and there was a huge money issue around that. These are things that influence and impact how we are and we need to heal those stories and we need to heal the impact of those stories. 
Changing deeply held beliefs is not that easy. How do you assist clients in changing those beliefs? So for me, the first place is the sacred money archetypes because that takes that first layer off. Then I use brain science. So tools like brain spotting, BWRT, hypnotherapy. I use heart science. So working with our heart in heart math, in meditation. I use constellation work. So systemic constellation, family constellations work because she looks at the intergenerational um, processes. I use uh, emotional freedom technique, which is tapping. And then things like Reiki, connecting to our future self, our higher self. I am a believer of if you really want to do something, go at it from all angles. And then we'll really see the change. And we also have to get practical. We can't just stay in healing because we'll be staying in healing for the rest of the lives. There are always something to be healed. But healing with purpose so that we can go forward and make those steps forward, take the conscious aligned action. So that's what I do. I combine all of that. So I suppose with each client you outline the steps and decide what, which tools you're going to use. Yes. And then I do that when I'm working with one-on-ones. And then my group programs are designed where at different places we're working with different different aspects. Or if I decide, okay, in this this week we're going to look at the intergenerational stuff, then there are different ways that I'm going to be using that. So I use a very integrated ex- approach based on the skills, the tools, and what I understand around healing and growth. Yes, and I've asked you before, uh, when we were just talking together, how you apply the brain science in groups. Would you just like to say something about that? Sure. So the, brains, the brain work that I use... And for me, the brain work is BWRT, brain spotting, hypnotherapy. All of those can be applied in a group setting. We just, as we would in a one-on-one session, we, we become very clear around the frame. What are we working with? So I do a lot of setting up the, the frame before we, we go in. I explain a lot about how it works and what it works and how to do it to make sure that the person listening to it on the receiving end make sure that they create the environment most of my group programs also comes with a supportive uh, Facebook group so they have lots of access to me as well so once we set up the frame then we can move into the actual processing that occurs through these beautiful modalities Yes, I find that idea fascinating. Could you give us a case study of how working with one's money archetypes can influence one's relationship with money? Fantastic. So there's a client that I've worked with, and I've worked with her one-on-one and in a group program around money. And she's got her own practice. And she she went through a divorce And she was in a huge amount of debt. The debt was linked to stuff that had happened in the the relationship. So no matter what she did and how hard she tried, she could not get rid of this debt. So 
And firstly, we understood what her sacred money archetype was. And which one do you think she is? Which one does she do you think? Perhaps. No, no, she couldn't get rid of her debt. That she used the and she used the money to help people. Oh, that would be the connector. Connector and nurturer. She had both. So understanding that, she could go. Oh, maybe I don't have to carry this debt. Maybe we can separate. We can separate myself from this debt. I don't have to take it on. We then did using brain-based work and connecting to the future self. We disconnected the emotional trauma, the emotional angst that was linked to the debt, the um, sadness, the anger, the disappointment. We could disconnect that. So the debt just became debt. It just became money. And the other part was linked to the debt was, but if I put all this money into the debt, then I don't have money to, to live. Because financial planners will say, you clear your debt, right? Makes complete money sense. Mm-hmm. That makes absolute money sense. You look at the interest, you look, it makes complete sense. But there's a psychological part to it too. And that is that we need to see something growing and something developing, not just something going away. So she, we did both. She put as much money into, the, into debt and we put money into savings. I am not a financial advisor. I'm just working with, this is your money archetypes. This is how you see your money. This is the psychological part of our behavior when it comes to, to these things. So let's do what works for you. She completely cleared her debt. She took her business to a whole new level. She's got a new problem now. She's in a new tax bracket. Oh dear. <laughs> and so now we're doing the next layer of work where we're normalizing, getting her system used to being in a new bracket and building that so that it doesn't feel like a burden anymore, either. Yeah, that's a very informative story. You've developed several money workshops, and the exciting part is on the 23rd of October, this is now 2023, a new one is coming up called Money Mindset Matrix. What is this workshop about? I love this workshop. This is what I call the foundation, the foundation workshop to really shift our relationship with money from anxiety and fear to clarity and ease. It's an eight-week program where we create a really more empowered relationship with money. It's not financial planning. It's designed to help particularly female business owners and leaders to understand their relationship with money, to bring more ease and choice so it doesn't feel so scary, but rather exciting, which then gives us the freedom to make those bigger risks that we want to make in our business, feel confident to take our business where we want to, feel like we're wanting to expand and know that we can do it and open those possibilities. So it's eight weeks. So there's eight modules. The first one is where we really understand each of the archetypes and we really deeply understand each of them. The second week, we look at our empowered money compass and our money boundaries. So what, what are we here to do with our archetype? What are they driving us to do? 
what are the strengths of it? What are, they, what are the challenges? Where, what is it trying to get us to stretch to? So to really understand, because that's our money compass, and then to know how to put our boundaries in place with the words that feel authentic to ourselves based on our blueprint, so based on our archetype. All that information, our entire roadmap on how to create our financial freedom, how to put our boundaries in place, what direction we need to take, all of that, that entire roadmap is in our sacred money archetype. The third module is we really understand our money personality. So how are top three working together in our lives to give us our unique money personality? And then we look at our lowest score. How can the lowest scored archetype, what can we bring in from the lowest scored archetype to balance some of the confusion that we're having? So for example, my lowest type is accumulator. But if I brought in more of my accumulator, it balances this constant need to lean on others or my credit card back then. I don't lean on that anymore. But it balances that because then I can go in, oh, I can make money. Oh, I can be safe with money. Oh, I can save. So it's working. And that's, that entire picture gives us our unique money personality. Week four is working with our money voice and learning to be able to express ourselves. So giving our voice to our money value, we really rewire our system in this and we're able to share our truth and we learn to share our truth. So we can shift from the fear and the anxiety and the resistance and maybe even, but there is a perfect way and I'm not doing it. But to really kind of go, actually, this is my voice. This works for me. Week five is how we manage our money. So we get practical here. We look at our money archetypes and we go and we look at what's happening in our bank account and we go, how can you manage your money in a more empowering way that connects directly to what feels authentically true? And we also rewire our brain to neutralize our fears. The sixth week is we look at our money ceiling, so our money glass ceiling that we all have, and we start creating a new money story. Week seven, we look at our business and our money personality in two ways. One is how is your money personality playing out in your business? The second way is where do you think your clients are in terms of their archetypes? Are they really your ideal clients? They may or may not be. And if they are, how can you use that knowledge and that information to actually help them even more? We also explore the four dangerous money mindsets that are secretly driving us to overwork or under-earning or undercharging, which is really important when you have your own business. And then the last week, we look at creating a brighter you so we can really embody the new version of you. All of this so that you can go out into the world, you can feel confident to hopefully make more money. It sounds like a deeply transformative process. It really is.
Where can listeners learn more about this workshop? So they can hop onto a specific site, a specific page that gives them the information about the workshop, as well as how to sign up for the program. Right, so I'll attach that link to the podcast, and I will also put it in the podcast notes. Fantastic. But for those people who don't know where to find the podcast notes, they will find it on the other platforms, Spotify, etc., attached to the podcast. Fantastic. And just know, also just, you know, if listeners are listening to this after we start, there's always a waiting list for the next time I run the program. Great. So even after the 23rd of October, they can still go to the link. Absolutely. And then they will be alerted to the next workshop. Absolutely. And where can listeners learn more about your work in general? So they can find me on social media. Um, Farhana.goga is most of the, the links that I use. So whether that's on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, and they can also just find me on my website, which is farhana-goga.com. Those are the places they'll be able to find me. Thank you. Now I think it's time for your three tips on becoming a money magnet. I love this. Um, I could spend hours talking about this. So the first thing we need to do is to notice that money is everywhere. So look around where you are right now and every place that you look is money. So whether you're driving in your car, sitting in your lounge, there's nothing around you that is not money. So if you now imagine everything around you is no longer an object, but changes to some kind of representation of money, money is everywhere. Then the next thing is part of this, that money is everywhere. As you go around your house, look under your table, look in that pocket, look in that jacket, Look in that bag that you, that you took out. You're probably going to find some money lying in there somewhere. Then as you're walking, notice on the floor, you're probably going to come across some money. You're going to walk past it. You're going to say, hmm, that's dirty. Uh, no, that's money. <laughs> so you pick it up and you say, thank you. Because money really wants to be seen, respected, and appreciated. And in return, it'll see, respect, and appreciate us. So go find money. The next part of becoming a money magnet is money needs a purpose. So give it a purpose. Whether the purpose is, I'm getting my nails done. Whether that purpose is, I'm paying my rent. Whatever the purpose is, you do it with joy and focused attention and gratitude and thank it for fulfilling its purpose. And the third way is I want you to see money as a dear friend. So would you treat a dear friend by ignoring it? Would you treat a dear friend by telling your friend that it's not enough? Would you treat your dear friend by resenting it? Is that how you treat someone who's dear to you? So treat money like a dear friend. Take money out on a date. Look at your bank account, your expenses. Acknowledge your desires. Look at your income. And really look and focus on what is it that I want? What am I longing for? 
and then see how you're going to get it, because you can. I'm certainly going to re-listen to these, to these tips of yours, because it reframes it in a completely different way. Yeah, it's fun, right? Money yeah. no longer becomes the scary, the scary thing, but money yeah. becomes a companion. Yes. Thank you, Florana. Now, may I have the chance to ask you a fun question? Go for it. We're going to the realm of the imagination. If you were to take your love of exotic food and your love of, your love of travel and combine them to create a tantalizing movie with you as the central figure, what would we see? Where would you be and what would you be eating or cooking? Oh, I would be drinking a glass of wine and I would be sitting I would be sitting in a beach feeling the sea breeze having my glass of wine and I would be eating unusual exotic food with beautiful combinations that all work together that tantalize my taste buds that's what I would be doing. Can't tell you exactly what I would be eating because the chef would be surprising me. <laughs> I wish the listeners could see the dreamy look on your face <laughs> when you were just describing this. <laughs> the whole, the whole scene was playing off there. It was. <laughs> now if one changes one's relationship with money I'm sure you find other bonuses like being able to appreciate something like sitting with a luxurious meal or glass of wine more yeah I mean your whole world changes because the way you see yourself changes you you stop judging yourself you stop judging your partner, relationships change because most of the things that we fight about as couples, there are a few things we fight about, but one of the big things is about money. And when we can understand, hey, maybe we just have different archetypes. Huh, imagine if I learn from you. That conversation can really change. So our entire world can change the way we are with ourselves, the way we are with people around us, how we choose, what we buy, how we, you know, decisions that we make on holidays and then to really feel so secure in, that, in those decisions that we enjoy them more. Thank you for giving us your take on the world of money and for opening new vistas. And what I will really remember is how you emphasize both and and be gentle. Both and and be gentle. Thank you, Verona. Thank, thank you. you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. I'd love you to subscribe to this podcast series and rate it where you download your podcasts. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone you care about. Mm -hmm.
Go to my website www.marietsneeman.co.za for this episode's podcast notes and for free articles and podcast episodes on how to live a happier life and have more fulfilling relationships. To follow me on Facebook, just search for Mariette Sneeman, Journalist. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me with original music by Mark marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9 